Hello there. Thanks for joining us on the Christ Covenant Sermon Talkback. The Sermon Talkback is where pastors and members of Christ Covenant can process the sermon, ask questions, and more practically apply the content of the sermon. If you do have a question you would like to have dialogued, please use our text to pastor line at 404-465-1737. And if you'd like to find more resources, visit ChristCovenant.com slash resources. We hope you enjoy the discussion. up uh, our sermon series really looking at the trinity i don't know that i've ever done a trinitarian sermon series at christmas time but i feel bad about that i probably should have before um it's something that i don't know that we're trained to really think about um around christmas time we think a lot about the second person of the trinity which is right it's a good and thing good. to think about yeah. yeah yeah um but i do think that in order to understand the second person of the trinity we should understand the first and third person of the trinity so I'm joined by Jennifer McClish and Blake today. We just finished up uh, our Advent series. We got the Advent service coming this week. It's going to be amazing. Christmas Eve um, coming back for that. And so um, we talked on Sunday about the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Holy Spirit is the most confusing member of the Trinity, um, I think, to people. Mm. Uh, and I've heard it said before, he's the scariest member of the Trinity. Uh, after mm. all... He's often referred to as the Holy Ghost, and ghosts <laughs> yeah. are scary. And so um, I do think the the Holy Spirit is, um, I think he is a mysterious member of the Trinity, but I think he is for good reason. Um, and, and I think the, 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 the reason that I would say is that the, the Son glorifies the Father, the Spirit glorifies the Son and the Father, um, there's kind of an order to the Trinity and because the spirit doesn't bring that much attention to himself, um, sometimes he's hard to understand. But, but if you, if a, a careful look at the scriptures actually reveals to us more about the spirit's work and how he's working and moving, uh, then I think we may, then, then maybe meets the eye. So, Hey, what are your, what are y'all's questions or comments or impressions from the sermon? Okay, well, I'll start. Um, I I've loved this uh, looking at the Trinity. I think there's so many things to like think about. Um, I love that we started out with the sending Father, um, and it made me think of like creation. You know how the Father sends, speaks the word, the word goes out, the Holy Spirit's hovering over the void, and there's life that comes. And then you see that same picture like here with the Father sending the word, sending Christ, mm-hmm. and then the the Holy Spirit overshadowing Mary, and this life that comes, and just how that points to. Um, this new life that's created in us when we believe in when we respond to the word that the father sent to us we see it again like over and over in hearts of people and then we can participate in that by like speaking the word of christ to people and then seeing the holy spirit like use that to like penetrate their hearts and um produce fruit and so it was just a really it was kind of like a wow thing where i've been listening for the past three weeks like this is so a profound yeah, and yeah. Um, powerful and beautiful. And I think that, but I do think that's part of what is scary about it is that even though we all believe in Jesus, if we're Christians and we think we recognize that it is the Lord who saves us, there is this part of the Christian life where we're doing things that we are, it's like we're doing it, mm-hmm. you know? And I think sometimes to say, 
when you moved into the second part of the sermon, which was so powerful, talking about the evidence of the spirit in your life, you realize that there's nothing you can do to manufacture that. Like yeah. it's either the spirit has come into your life and regenerated your heart and it's real. And I think that really presses on us, like our lack of control in that. I mean, it's actually the best news because if it were up to us, then none of us would right, yeah. ever be saved. But um, but, but there's it, a part it, it of like us that doesn't believe that. Pushes you to that. this like crazy place of dependence. Yes, and and I would say that there's not nothing you can do in that moment, but there there, in a sense, is nothing you can do. I mean, so <laughs> there there is a dependence on God, right. but I would still say that there are rhythms that God calls us into that activate the Spirit's work in our lives, and so. How do you, you know, how is one regenerate? Well, it's God's grace, right? Like the God yeah. sending the spirit and calling us to himself is God's grace. But if I would say if those rhythms of conviction and desire for the Lord are upon you, um, continue to draw near the Lord. Like like right. what does scripture command us to do? Like to draw near to the Lord, to to soak right. yourself in the gospel. Right. And 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 those things have a way. I read that Luther quote of, you know, I would just say of activating the Spirit's work in our lives and of, and, you know, the Bible tells us that, that God will draw near to us. There are actually evidences that God is working in our lives. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, on the regeneration thing, uh, one of the things that struck me during the sermon uh, as I was listening um, is, you know, in verse 35 of, of uh, Luke 1, it says the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And that's really like all of our hope, right? Mm -hmm. That's uh, right. All that's of right. our hope is that, the Holy Spirit will come upon us. And when the Holy Spirit came upon Mary, um, you know, he, he did something that was obviously like massive, right? It was non-normative. Like the, the it's, it doesn't happen in everyday life. This was, this was like all of history was pointing to this moment where the Holy Spirit would come upon someone. And, um, and, and, for Mary to kind of like be in this moment where she had a very difficult thing to believe and trust. Right. Mm. Um, but the Holy spirit didn't just, or the angel told her you're going to bear a son, but the Holy spirit came upon her. And like, not only does she have to know this, but she had to believe it. And she had to walk out this thing called carrying a child and then raising the very son of God. Like there were responsibilities that she had to do yes. after the spirit came upon her to call something very, um, divine to happen mm. and that's to what you're saying it's, it's very much the same for us like when god presses on us and the holy spirit comes upon us as as unregenerate people and causes regeneration in our lives he takes us oftentimes from a place of knowledge to a place of belief that then actually looks a certain way as we have to carry out this Christian life, be putting ourselves in the way of grace, yeah. mm -hmm. desiring the means of grace. In, right. in a throughout. sense, Mary gives us a little bit of a template for salvation, right? Like yeah. if you just, just kind of like use this as an analogy, Gabriel preaches to her, mm -hmm. right? He brings a word from the right. Lord to her, right? The spirit comes upon her. She causes her to believe. She yeah. believes, yeah. but there's still like, I would even say like, there's still some things she's got to figure out. So she goes and visits Elizabeth. Yeah, right. right. Her faith is increased mm -hmm. then when she sees the Lord at work in Elizabeth. Yeah, and then um, she praises the Lord and and carries out obedience. And I would say mm -hmm. like for us, like we need we need gospel preaching. 
That activates the Spirit's work in our life. It leads to faith. As we're surrounded by other believers who God is working in their lives, that leads to increased faith, which leads to worship, which leads to service of the Lord, which leads to joining God in His work. So there is kind of in the Mary story... Um, Go and let it out, Jennifer. It's okay. It's okay. You can get a good hearty cough. I, if, if anyone that has been listening to Christ, to Christ Covenant recordings for the last like two weeks has, uh, you know, you know, I've been sick, Will, since the Iron Bowl. Okay, so man, I know devastating effects of the Iron I'm Bowl. I'm just getting over it. Now Bo Nix is transferring. So anyway, I. Um, but I'm just now getting over it. So yeah, let it out, Jennifer. Just, you know, the folks have had to get used to a couple coughs on the Christ Covenant recordings or on Sunday morning. But anyway, it's a great, the Mary story is a great little analogy, I would say. And that's what I was trying to kind of draw out yesterday. Like the way that Jesus was generated in a sense is the way that we are regenerated, um, and come into a saving knowledge of God. Yeah. I think there's another part that is like, so, um, telling in that when the angel says to Mary not to fear and I think like that always comes back to this fear of the Lord that like yes when you have that sense that he's so awesome and terrible really for the sinner but there's this mercy and there's this grace and this beauty that we can trust him we can move toward him Mm -hmm. even though we don't understand it and that's what you see again and that's you know salvation like you have to have some understanding of God's mercy to um to ask him for it and to ask for forgiveness. And again, yeah, I agree. Mary is such a beautiful picture of that. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and in a sense, it it leads her to a, a different kind of fear, or a greater fear. Uh, it, one of the things y'all have heard me talk a lot about the fear of the Lord recently. I've been, I've been reading this book, uh, Be, uh, Rejoice and Tremble, and... It's really good. Michael Reeves, he also wrote Delighting in the Trinity, which is one of the books that mm-hmm, we gave out. Mm-hmm. And um, a really, really helpful book. But anyway, um, um, oh, what was I saying here? I lost my train of thought. Michael Reeves. Yeah, Michael Reeves, yeah. Behold and Tremble, or Rejoice and Tremble. Um, he talks about two types of fear. Sinful fear, which is the kind of fear you have if you only know God as creator. We talked about this a few mm-hmm. weeks ago. And then a righteous fear. And the righteous fear is actually when you start to see the mercy and the grace and the kindness of God, it doesn't lessen your fear in a sense. It just changes your fear. Right. And it gives you this like awe fear of like, who is this God who could love me uh, a sinner? Um, You know, one of the things that's kind of come up, Blake, is we've had a lot of conversations from folks in our church and, and you may be one of them and just haven't come talk to us. that are like, okay, am I really... Not you, but like, yeah, I think I am. You, the listener, but actually, I think this is all like good. Like, you know, am I really a Christian? I I don't think that is an inappropriate question for a Christian to ask. If you're if you're sitting in that moment today, I don't think you should feel less about yourself. I think you should feel more about yourself. I think that's one of the things that we, you know, I I don't want us to live in a perpetual period of of doubt. I I do believe that we should have assurance in our faith, but um, but our assurance is in the Lord. Our assurance is in that God has moved in our lives. Um, and you know, I would say even the fact, even, you know, the, the people that I'm most worried about Blake are the people that aren't asking that question. Yeah. That are just going to saying, well, yes, of course I'm a Christian, mm-hmm. you know, but there's no, there's no fruit in their life. They're the dead tree that assumes that they're really living. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things you see in scripture a lot of times is, um, in particular in Romans, right? Whenever, 
Paul's explaining the, you know, how the gospel works in our lives and, and how God's grace comes to us. One of the things that happens for folks who think they are Christians but are not is that they're just given over to their sin. Right. Right. And they don't, they're desensitized. Uh, they're calloused to sin patterns in their lives. And they, they are unaware of things that are displeasing to God. And I think that is, that's kind of that, that Edwards mark of this just distaste for sin. Like, and you, overconfidence. Yeah. You can't enjoy, that yeah. was an interesting point too. Yeah, right. This like overconfidence about the things of the Lord. There, I, Barrett said something on a, Our Daily Rhythm recently. And um, it was, I was just was listening to it. Uh, you know, I didn't record it. It was one that he and the great Will Carlisle did. But, um, I, uh, he said that, you know, one of the distinguishing marks of Christ, maybe the most important distinguishing mark of Christ, and certainly a Christian is humility. Yeah. Like, and I think that's kind of what we're talking about. Like there, there is never pride in the Christian, there should never be pride in the Christian heart because our whole life is one of need independence on God. Mm -hmm. And I think that is evidence too of the regenerate heart. It, It knows how dependent it is. It knows how much it needs uh, the Spirit's work. Um, and uh, and so there's always this sense of, um, I hate to call it always a sense of doubt, but there's there's always this sense of dependence. It, you know, yeah. <clears throat> And I think there's always a sense of like, am I really depending on the Lord for this? Right. I think that's actually signs of Christian growth. And listen, I, I mean, I've, I've asked the same question myself, you know, like, am I really a Christian? Like, am I, do I really believe that Jesus came in the form of God, that, that this, this person totally divine and totally human came, lived a life, died, was buried, was raised again. And because of his perfect life, God looks upon me, um, as righteous. Like, do do I really believe in that narrative? And, uh, I think there's a passage that I have found super helpful, right? And it's in John six and, uh, verses 66 through, 68. And and I identify with Peter here in a lot of ways where, mm-hmm. where uh, in verse 66, we, we read this. After this, many, is di- many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the 12, do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life and we have believed and we have now come to know that you are the Holy One of God. And I have found myself there at, at a lot of various times in my Christian life where I'm like walking through like, okay, am I really who I say I am? And uh, do I really believe in this narrative? And where uh, a lot of times I come is like, well, where else would I go? I, I do believe that Jesus is the son of right. God. I, I mean, where else shall you turn? Yeah, shall you I, turn to human effort? There's no confidence right. there. I don't know if you ever heard me say this, but actually like if I have to have words written on my tombstone, those are the words I want written. Like I totally identify to whom else should we go? You have the words of eternal life. And, um, I've had to your point. I think this is a, this is a little bit of an aside, but different kinds of Christian doubt, Mm -hmm. right? There's sometimes like intellectual doubt, like, did this really happen? Like, you know, Mm -hmm. there's sometimes what I would call like heart doubt. and, And that is like, does God really love me like this? Like, does God really know me like this? Is this true of me? Am mm-hmm. I really saved? There's sometimes like a, a doubt of like forgiveness doubt, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and that's, we were talking about this earlier, Jennifer, like, 
you know, why we can actually be free from shame, mm. um, how Christians can both uh, totally come like it's the the old Tim Keller, you know, the gospel is this, you're more wicked than you ever mm. would want to believe, but you're more loved than you ever dared dream. Right. right. And so are we really willing to believe how wicked we are and yet how forgiven we are? Right. And I think that's a hard thing to believe. Yeah. Um, and so there's there's all these different directions of, but I think to your point, Blake, like in any kind of those things, the thing that stills my soul is just going back to the words of, of the Lord. Yeah, that's um, right. I think to recognizing that God is so um, um, kind and again, gracious, but like I always think of the prayer of the father in Mark, um, who said, you know, I believe, help my unbelief. Mm-hmm. That it's it's really when we have these moments of doubt or like struggling with, uh, sometimes I could even get too far down the rabbit hole of like, do I believe? Do I really believe? What if what if I think I believe, but I'm not believing? You know, like you can really just question yeah, yeah, yeah. all, like how do I know if my motivations are pure or whatever? But um, how many times Christ has, like he takes the, faith it's just turning to him like we're turning to him and we're asking for his mercy and we know that he'll give it like that's a prayer that god always answers right i think like have mercy on me he he he, it's not that i think because sometimes i think when you start talking about this kind of stuff like am i regenerate um you can think maybe god's withholding that from me maybe he hasn't chosen me you can kind of go down this path that like there's something that he is doing that's resisting like regenerating me. And that's never the case. It's just, it's us who are rejecting him. And so if you turn to him and respond and ask for his mercy, ask him to help you believe, uh, he always answers that prayer. That's right. In Mm -hmm. the affirmative. Yeah. We never approach God, not in Christ. Right. I mean, and so I think too, that's like a, a, a good word. Like, like we don't ever get to a place where like we are righteous or we are perfect. There's always doubt in our heart until we see Jesus face to face. We always need a mediator. Um, Our motivations are never pure. I mean, this is the Luther to Melanchthon thing that's so Mm -hmm. helpful. It's like, look, Philip, like you're going to keep sinning. So live boldly. You know, Mm -hmm. he's basically saying live boldly, knowing you're going to sin, but trust in the grace and mercy of Christ more boldly still. As you live, not being perfectly Mm -hmm. motivated, keep trusting in the grace and mercy of yeah. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. That is the Christian posture. And that's why Luther also said that all of the Christian life is one of repentance, right? We're, and that's really he's saying dependence on the Lord. I realize mm-hmm. that as I depend on my own instincts, mm-hmm. it's not good. Right. As I depend on the Lord, that's when my that's heart good. is made right and pure and good. Uh, and that is evidence of the Holy Spirit's work in your life. That's evidence of regeneration, mm-hmm. the new yeah. birth. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I I really appreciate you guys that have texted and that have kind of reached out. I just say like a lot of these conversations are more personal. So don't ever hes- hesitate to text us, um, mm-hmm. you know, or to reach out. Text a pastor. You text me personally, email Jason at Christ Covenant, uh, dot com or Blake at Christ Covenant. Are you just Jennifer, Jennifer at Christ Covenant? Yeah. yeah. Our, our, our email addresses are easy. So <laughs> we'd love to hear from you guys. Will at Christ Covenant right here. Y'all can text Will. And so anyway... Um, really helpful series. Great thing to think about this Advent season. May we bless the Father and praise Him. May we praise and bless the Son, and may we praise and bless the Spirit this Advent. For Blake Rogers and Jennifer McClish, I'm Jason Deese. Mm-hmm.